You're listening to the Lawyers with Purpose Practice Success Podcast, hosted by Lisa Rozier, featuring attorney Dave Zimpano, along with frequent guests. Whether you're a seasoned estate planning attorney, an attorney looking to add estate planning and elder law to your existing list of practice areas, or you're just starting out, this podcast will give you a solid plan for success. Listen now as Dave and his guests share their personal journeys to practice success and the insights they learned along the way. Okay, it's great to be back. And uh, another week of this podcast always engages me and makes me excited because I get to talk to other members and hear their story and their perspective. Today, uh, we are joined by attorney Daniel Humloff uh, from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And we also have a different uh, uh, support team member here, Mandy Basau, who is our member success supervisor. She'll be poking and prodding in the conversation today. And um, again, just to add different perspectives to this thing called law practice success. So Daniel, I'd love to just hear a quick overview of your story. You're an estate planning attorney. Were you always kind of how long you've been practicing? What's your history look like and what got you to today? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Um, And uh, I have been an estate planning attorney. I graduated from law school in 2010 and um, worked for a a small firm for a couple, uh, for about really just about 18 months or so and uh, made a transition um, out on my own after I settled a large case and and was looking around and decided to get into estate planning. So 2013, um, I got into solely estate planning, been doing that ever since. Gotcha. And you were a solo when you started or did you, were you part of a firm or how'd that work? Yeah. So I was initially part of a firm, but then, um, uh, that was going well. It was during difficult, um, financial times in, in 2010. And so, uh, a lawyer in Raleigh, like opened up a branch here in Winston where I wanted to stay to, to help me out. And so that was, a incredibly kind gesture. I made him some money. And then he, he was like, I'm fine if you want to go on your own and kind of continue the model that we've been doing. Um, so yeah, initially part of a small firm and then, and then just myself. So what's been your experience from 2013 when you kind of, so you remember uh, Michael Gerber and the entrepreneurial seizure, it sounded like after you had that big lawsuit, so you must've been in litigation prior. That's right. Big yep. settlement you said. Yep. It, and then you had what uh, Gerber would call that entrepreneurial seizure. Yeah, I would say I have a streak of independence that could sometimes border on pride to the sen- to the point of just as it applies to law that um, I like to do things myself and and uh, you know make decisions about finances and whether to invest in new software or hire someone um, you know without consulting with other people. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and how's that worked for you over the years? It has, it has, um, I mean, the, my independent streak has always been there, but, uh, you know, not to plug lawyers with purpose, but it is very helpful to have tools to help you uh, be able to, to do that. So, um, metrics, good reporting are so important on running a business and making any decisions, um, yeah, so I've, so I've give always... me an idea. So there's a shift there that I see you that happened. And what I'm hearing about the shift, there was a point in time when you're running a practice and then you said, oh, it's helpful to have tools and metrics. So 
we'll come to that. But before we do, help get me from 2013 to when that occurred. What was sure. your life like as a lawyer? Because if I think about the e-myth, right? Gerber talks about the entrepreneurial seizure and then the fatal assumptions that we're really, we think that we're, because we're a good lawyer, we're really good at running a law practice, right? And so <laughs> you were, you had this uh, seizure and assumption, and then you started going from 2013. And how did your practice go? Was it growing straight up? Was it up and down like a yo-yo? Was it going down? I mean, what kind of happened from there? Yeah, it was, it was going up and down, I would say more like a yo-yo. So didn't have a lot of um, steady revenue, would have times of feast and famine. Um, I was a member of the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys for, um, for a few years, and I think they had some good tools that were helpful and um, from you know, document management and CRM, um, but, uh, but yeah, wasn't in a good groove of, of tracking things regularly, sort of having predictable income come in, uh, even some with the American Academy's model um, of advertising, uh, I think it was more of a, an up or down boomer bus type of thing, at least when you're getting started. So. Yeah, very familiar with them, great organization, know Robert and Sandy very, very well. Um, mm -hmm. So you joined another organization and um, it was working, but it didn't all gel. And um, so, so uh, give me a year, you, you started looking somewhere else. And when you were looking, what were you looking for? Like in, the, in your practice in that moment, something wasn't working for whatever reason, <laughs> and you were looking for something. So what, that's what I wanna help the listeners understand. What was the thought process? Where were you in your mind? Because there's listeners right now that are right where you were. And I want mm -hmm. them to take this journey with you because you took some steps and did some things and you're going to get to share your story. But what were, what were you looking for when you identified that it wasn't working the, quite the way you wanted to? Yeah. So I think the, the main, main focus was I wanted it to work a little bit better. And a big draw to um, Lawyers with Purpose was the emphasis on elder law. And so... Um, uh, just with the, where the estate tax is and has been for over a decade, um, you know, we have less estate tax issues and uh, elder law, just a growing concern that we're getting lots of phone calls for. Um, and Dave, obviously you and, and Lawyers with Purpose just um, you know, at the forefront of that. And so, uh, so I think, yeah, some of the tools that were offered, I was looking for a few more tools geared more towards that legally, but also needed that infrastructure and backbone of um, good good software and um, that, that allows me to report and produce documents, high quality documents consistently. Um, so the mindset, what I'm hearing is this, and again, stripping out all the LWP and all the other stuff, what I'm hearing is as you're going forward, you were an estate planning attorney. And one of the key distinctions you learned, because this might be important to someone who's in that same shoes, was yeah. estate planning wasn't enough to become relevant, you had to start to learn this elder law type stuff to add to the estate planning metric that you were doing. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And then you did they, your research as other people can do and you find different opportunities. You ended up at this one, which is fine and great. Excited about that. So, so what would you say to someone listening is the impact for you? What advice would you have to someone around 
who's was sitting who's sitting right where you were that you know they're okay they're up and down they're yo-yo they got the what do we call the yo-yo or the roller coaster practice and um but they just do estate planning um, what, daniel what, before you get there were you a solo at this point or did you have a team i was a i was yes. a solo yep okay. I, I mean i had yeah i had a two assistants a paralegal and a you know, client services person but were they full time? They they were so. Yes, I mean, so we we were yo-yoing, but um, but had had good enough income stream. It, it it wasn't like a, you know, we we're doing terribly, and then we we're doing great. We we're doing pretty good, but we just needed to refine things and make it a little bit better and, and run a little bit more smoothly and predictably. Yes. That story sounds like it was unpredictable. Sounds like it was a little reactive, except like you didn't really have controls, like it was not predictable. You were looking for some form of predictability. Yes, absolutely. Cool. And then the predictability element said part of that in your mind was, well, I probably need to offer additional services because people are coming to me and they have this need for long-term care or Medicaid or elder law. Um, and so you said, okay, maybe I need to learn a little bit more. So then, uh, so fast forward to today, tell us what your practice looks like today. Um, so you, you said you joined this new organization. I know it's LWP, but let's keep LWP out of it. You joined this new organization in what year? Um, 2017, I believe. Okay, so in about the four year mark. What's your, let's go start, kind of see what your practice looks like today. And then kind of like share what the last four year ride has been like to, for you personally, the challenges, the successes. So as you sit here today, what does your practice look like? Um, you know, I think it's pretty robust. We have a strong um, probate department here in North Carolina. Uh, and so earn, you know, probably maybe a third of our revenue from that. And uh, then estate planning and elder law, we have a, a wide, range of um, referral sources that have just, you know, over the past probably two or three years, I've been booked out for uh, at least eight weeks um, solidly that, and that hasn't wavered. Um, so I feel like we're, part of it was getting established in the community um, as a person, a younger person, newer attorney and uh, newer to the practice area. We, back in 2013, it takes a little while to get established. Um, but yeah, and you know, I've been doing it, I guess now for seven or eight years, but uh, our clients have started to die, which is, um, you know, part of an, the honor of, of, of what we do is getting to help their families after they pass, uh, walk them through it. And um, that, that's a whole nother revenue source uh, then as well. Um, so I think that's helped our, our stability and Okay, so now you're from, what's your team makeup? Mm -hmm. I've got two full-time paralegals and a full-time um, client services coordinator who takes calls and schedules everything. One paralegal just does probate um, and the little bit of guardianship work that we do. Um, and then my other paralegal is, she operates um, kind of as director of operations for the office. So she I delegate as much of running things to her as I can. Um, but she's very knowledgeable, has been with me for eight, eight years, I think, and uh, 
So just has a good grounding in the state law, VA, um, Medicaid, elder law. Uh, she's a huge asset. Yep. Yeah. So you, you really got like the team you put together where you're able to delegate some of those things you used to do. And uh, what I'm hearing is more predictability. You said for the last couple of years, you've been booked out eight weeks as a regular standard. That's become your new standard. That, that's right. Yep. Yeah. And so some predictability. How about the yo-yo? Are you more consistent now or you still got some yo-yo? Or how's that life looking? I mean, every once in a while, there's a little bit of a yo-yo, but it tends to be um, a really good month on top of all months being uh, predictable and, and, and good. So, um, so it's, it's changed your standard of what you expect. That's right. Yeah. Very, very predictable revenue now. Um, yeah. We, we know when it's coming in and we, you know, no kind of metrics for if, if I'm this busy, if we've got this many appointments on the calendar, um, it's pretty predictable. Yeah. What do you attribute that to? What specifically are you doing differently or what have you learned over the course of this transition uh, that helps you get this consistency and predictability. I think you talked earlier about metrics and mm -hmm. things like that. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, paying more attention is, is kind of, I think, a more responsible seasoned business person, but just looking at um, all the different numbers each, each month. Um, and by all the different numbers, I mean, you know, we look at how many, initial consultations we have, how many, how many times the phone rang with, with new inquiries, whether it's for estate planning or not. We, um, we all, really, the only advertising we do is we, we offer our, our free um, workshops and then uh, uh, just our website, but, but we monitor yeah, how many people uh, come to those and how many people make appointments afterwards and how many people, um, yeah, what the average fee is for everybody. And so each month when we're looking at that, uh, it just gives, it's given me good insight to how the business is doing and uh, we can probe little nuances. Right now we're, we're losing a lot of initial probate calls. So people call in our interest in probate. And so we've had to drill down. Is it because it's like a small estate and they shouldn't be hiring us or making an appointment anyway? Or is it because they want an appointment before eight weeks? Um, and we're kind of refining our script around that and trying to figure out the best way to, to navigate that. But without those good metrics, you can't really get into those details to make sure things so, are running optimally. So Daniel, I love that. Love this. Cause again, I, I understand what you're saying, probably at a very intimate level, a listener, how do you, so you use the word tools and you use the word metrics. Give me an example of how something you said that just jumped off the page to me was, hey, we just discovered, quote unquote, that we're losing some of our PBTA hires, probate trust admin hires. Mm -hmm. And you're already adapting to change that. So how did you know, and what was the time frame? Like, was it, did you figure it out three months later? Or did you figure it out three days later? And how did you specifically know that? How did you know about the metrics? What tools were you using? What metrics were you looking at and how quickly were you able to adapt to that? Yeah. Oh, so we, you know, this software um, that we use action step, uh, we create a new matter every time we get a phone call in and we, you know, um, assign it to a practice area. If it's not for us, for whatever reason, they're calling state planning attorney for real estate or something. Um, but we, 
So we know what all the people are calling about and we, we run those numbers every single month to, to see what those are. And so we saw that we had probate clients and we were getting all these calls, but not overly many appointments or we were losing, a lot of them weren't um, like signing up for consultations. And so we just started drilling down into that. And I started saying, yeah, is it because because they don't want to pay the $300 if they don't want to pay an initial consultation fee, it's more likely a smaller state. We might not want to work with them anyway, or, um, or is it because they are, um, yeah, because they couldn't get in more quickly enough. So I started asking just my staff that, and then one of my staff members was able to go into action step and create a little drop down box. So uh, for my client services coordinator, now when someone calls in, she asks, you know, she chooses why they didn't come to see us. And now we're running those reports and we're, we're um, able to see the majority of the time. It doesn't have to do with the consultation fee, although that probably weeds some out, but most of them um, aren't making an appointment because they can't get one quick enough. So we're devising the strategy now that maybe they're going to have like a, a sort of initial screening call with my paralegal before they sit down with me. Um, but we've been able to adapt that software and run those reports um, every month to, to just see what, what was happening. So action steps critical because it's giving you a report in real time as to who's calling in and what's happening to that person. You were able to identify, it seems like in real time or at worst case, at the end of the week, you analyze these weekly, is it? Um, monthly. But monthly. All right. So you look at them monthly and say, okay, here's some trends that we're seeing. How do we address those? So having that access um, at that frequency, you're able to make pretty fairly quick adaptations to things that might have an impact on what happens to your yo-yo down the road, right? That's right. So really love that. Um, so having the system, that's what I'm hearing, uh, where you can actually track and intentionally understand all the things happening in your firm. Real quick, Daniel, we got about five minutes. Um, I'd love you to share with the audience a key piece of advice and a key, key piece of advice around to someone who maybe is struggling and wondering, you know, how do I get rid of the yo-yo? Because that's your story. I had a yo-yo and I, I, I wasn't working for me. So if it's not working for them, a key piece of advice. And then one of the greatest challenges you had to overcome in the process to getting to where you are today. Mm -hmm. Free piece of advice would definitely be to get help. Um, you can't do this all by yourself. You have to have tools, whether it's software, um, You've got to make the investments and 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 uh, and get help. Talking to other attorneys it can be huge. Um, who 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 know everyone has has probably been in you know the listener's shoes here or, or something similar if you know uh, their particular shoes. Uh, so yeah, re reach out and, and get and get help and don't hesitate to do that. Um, so find a community like you did. You, you were searching into. You found a community of attorneys that think like you and that can help you overcome that issue that you had. So find the community that fits you best. That's that's the piece of advice. Um, the challenge, the biggest challenge or thing you could make forewarn them about maybe how you overcame it. I want to maybe just say hard or consistent and, and diligent effort. So um, knew what we had sort of early on wasn't um, with the more yo-yo uh, revenue coming in. Uh, not as predictable we needed to i knew that needed to change um and so just sort of by doing the research doing the work of of learning 
do software action step, um, trust accounting, draft, document drafting, just going through the process of, of, uh, of learning all that has, I think of, you just put in the effort and I don't think it's taken superhuman effort but uh, just by diligently working on that it's great to be here a few years out just feeling really good about things. So let me summarize and see and again you correct me if I'm not saying so hearing your story if I were to kind of put it all in a package here in a summary you were doing okay you had a practice it was going for several years you were growing you um, but you lacked predictability and you lacked certain understanding in a, a segment of the market, the, maybe the, the Medicaid and the elder law. And, and you realized you had to get that learning of that knowledge. And then you learned also that in hindsight, now looking back, what you appreciated about your journey was anchoring and getting associating with other attorneys that are successful in the areas that you were challenged in. And then learning the way that they did it and committing to that um, and then being disciplined to it. So I think we call it here FDS, right? Following the darn system, um, being committed to just trying it and pursuing it and then paying attention to what it tells you. And then over time, you get to where you are, which is no more yo-yo, consistent, predictable, profitability and growth. Am I overstating or understating what you no, shared I, with us? I think that's, that's, Right on. Yep. It's the That's story awesome. of our firm for the past several years. Yep. Well, Daniel, I got to tell you, I want to thank you. And, and I think the listeners thank you, uh, especially those that are where you are. Um, um, you know, any closing thoughts to share? Um, no, I was just going to say any, if anyone has any questions or, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to happy to field those. So. Oh, so you're even opening up the invitation for them to email you. Uh, find your firm, Daniel Umloff, if, at uh, in Winston, uh, Winston Salem, North Carolina. Cool. That's very That's generous right. of you. Very generous of you. Well, Daniel, thank you. You're a joy to watch. Um, I just I do appreciate your commitment to FDSing and trusting the process, and and I'm thrilled that you're able to have that predictability and consistency in your practice and in life. So thanks so much. Keep up the great work. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Practice Success Podcast. Visit www.lawyerswithpurpose.com slash podcast to listen to other episodes and to subscribe. We'll see you next time.